Daniel Bogle was, was in the movie, but I'm pretty sure I didn't really watch it. Like, and he's an actual Bogle, like a Bogle son. Yeah, yeah. What? Daniel Bogle. One of the lesser Bogles. <laughs> the minor Bogle. What's happening? We're just kind of browsing. Are you set right, up? Or are you happy? I'm set up. I'm ready. I'm sweaty. Uh, I'm liquored up. I got, I got socks on my socks. Socks on socks on socks. Now we're happy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Soak the sweat away. So it's it's been kind of cold in China. There's like a lot of rain. Yeah, and it's well, ten I, degrees. I guess northern northern hemisphere says so it should be should be winter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it it should be winter, and remarkably, it is. <laughs> is there snow? No. Does it snow in China? No. I, I'm sure it snows like in the north, but not where. China is like the size of uh, Robert Mugabe's ego, so it's pretty huge. <laughs> and um, slightly massive. Yeah, yeah. So it snows in the north, but I'm like right next to Vietnam, so it's tropical heat. Right, right, right. You know, black mold on everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking yeah. of which, Uncle Bob is probably going to be in those regions. Yeah, um, he's, he's going to be free to take a little holiday yeah. pretty soon. I'm sure he is excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should come visit me. I'll push him off my balcony. There we go. You wouldn't <laughs> do that to a, a frail old man. Look, he'll probably survive, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he will totally survive that shit. Um, Bionic man. Okay, this has yeah. been the Chinese weather and Zimbabwean politics hour. <laughs> uh, oh, what an onto hour. our our B side presentation, B positive, the positive B movie podcast with me Fraser <laughs> and me Louis and me Lolo. What? What is this guy? Th- there's a stranger in the room. Not in my room. <laughs> yeah, today <laughs> this week we're happy to be joined by guest host Lolo uh, and we're discussing the 1990 I think underrated classic yes. Yes. I bought a vampire motorcycle thank you for having me thank you for having now me. what exactly was this movie rated as right I was trying to find the Rotten Tomatoes couldn't find it IMGB has it at 5.6 uh, which out of, out of 10 which isn't too bad uh, for IMDb but I, I I do trust Rotten Tomatoes more especially with with niche genres such as this, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, uh, the Rotten Tomato critics have not rated it. Yeah, this is, I think, a movie that is so niche that um, it it's it's on its own. Mm. I personally feel like a, a rating of 5 out of 10, was it? Is too high. Really? It's too high. What? Okay. Yeah. Now this is going to be a very interesting conversation because I thought five was a bit low. Yeah. Um, I would I would give it a solid seven to, to be honest. I would give I'm... the title a solid seven. I would give the movie <laughs> solidly less than that. Yeah. Okay. It seems like we're gonna have to gonna have to start a little fight here. <laughs> Yay! I guess for, for for me, my rating came off. What is this movie trying to do? You know, what's it trying to say in its genre, in its form? What is it trying to get across? And for me, it kind of felt like it was a it was a horror spoof. So it was a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, it was made in 1990, the year of my birth. <laughs> um, so the graphics might have been a bit, hey, hey, hey. That being said, I thought they were 
okay for what they yeah. were trying to do. Um, but, you know, having said that, I feel as a comedy, it was hilarious. I feel as a horror, it, it was suspenseful. It had all the classic elements and it kind of throwed it in your face. Like, we're doing this now yeah. and you know we're doing this and you know we're going to do this now. And I kind of enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And I think even one step beyond that, I found myself actually at times surprised by the film. Yes. Where, you know, I, you know, you kind of see a trope coming and you're like, oh, here comes the this scene. And then they kind of throw a little wrench in the mm. works. And yeah. I, I found myself pleasantly surprised by some, some pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I found myself surprised by how awful Noddy is. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a sick perv and just all around awful boyfriend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. I think that was his character. And I think the actor portrayed it very well. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? Neil Morrissey? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think we should do a quick synopsis and um, just so that the listeners who understandably didn't watch the film will just also know what's going on. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the film starts with a biker gang killing a rival biker gang, As a biker gang of Satan worshippers. But at the very last moment, one of the satanic priests manages to call up a demon and transfer it into the motorcycle. So here we have our vampire demon-possessed motorbike, which is then bought by the protagonist, uh, one Nick Oddy, a.k.a. Noddy. Fucking awful person. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> From there, we just get a series of escalating acts of mayhem on the part of the motorcycle, trying to get as much blood as he possibly can once naughty realizes that this is clearly some supernatural problem he gets the help of a, a local priest who is also a biker boy for life mm -hmm. yeah anthony daniels who played the voice of c-3po in um ah. a little known production called star wars star, star wars what? what what is that exactly i've never it's not it's not a porno i promise oh well then what's the point of mentioning it <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that's almost it for the for the synopsis. They eventually, with the help of Inspector Cleaver, yeah, <laughs> uh, trap the bike in a men's health club and use a combination of garlic breath and a tanning bed to melt the motorcycle. It's wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, and we also get a little teaser at the end for I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle 2. Two. Yeah, the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still own a vampire gas tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, that can be molded and shaped into any vehicle. I, that's where I would take it, I guess, if I was yeah. going to make this sequel. Yeah. You know, I have a Transformers army of vampires. <laughs> yeah, the sequel I want to see is I Bought a Vampire Electric Car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's oh, a man. vampiric car, but it's also a vegan. That would be a great update to to this film for the modern era. I think what I really, really appreciated about this film is its, I think, unacknowledged philosophical depth. Mm. Because I, I, to me, at least, it's pretty clear that these filmmakers are learned, that they have been yes. studying their Derrida their Lacan, their Foucault, you know, perhaps also their Marx. Yeah. Okay. So to me, this idea of the, the possessed motorcycle 
is a kind of way of of bringing to the fore of course marx's theory of of fetishization where we imbue our objects our possessions uh with autonomy or with a power that they do not really have mm. and so through this we realize that the things we thought we earned were actually earning us the whole time yeah for me what really kept me going through this for mm. what really could kept me engaged were the characters themselves character oh. development i mean i guess for uh, as an actor, that's kind of the first state thing I'm I'm looking at, you know. Yeah, um, Who are these characters? What are they doing? What are they about? Um, and I felt the relationship between Nadia and his girlfriend was brilliant. I mean, completely mm. sexist, but again, I think that was highlighted purposefully. Yeah, you know, the leader of the, uh, the House um, Angels, you know, Roach, uh, Roach, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the perfect idiot, and I thought that was fantastic. I mean, uh, who is was it Buzzer? Uh, uh yeah, who, yeah, oh, yeah, man, uh, shame. I was sad, sad to see him go. But even the priest and, and Detective yeah. Cleveland, um, I thought the characters were, were well grounded within the narrative, and also they added they added a lot of life to, to the actual script. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I really liked the English working class, yeah. uh, you know, the yeah. British yeah. Uh, dialogue. Yeah, um, I think really well written. Mm, that's exactly it. The writing was fantastic. I thought like <laughs> the little quips, um, the little innuendos, and uh what not were <laughs> amazing yeah i really enjoyed the milieu of it i loved noddy's ponytail mullet mm. i think a very very classy twist on the classic mullet mm. um, it tells us that noddy is not just some yahoo you know yeah. he has some uh you know maybe an artistic side a sensitive side maybe yeah um you think so and i absolutely <laughs> I think so. I mean, he's definitely got a sense of side. I mean, it looked like when, when his girlfriend sends him into into the diner to get, uh, you know, the the spring rolls and the chips and and the garlic. Like, I mean, any other boyfriend when she's like, and garlic, garlic shrimp, you know. Um, I reckon any other normal, for lack of a better term, jockish, you know, yeah. meathead wouldn't have even bothered to try and get that that second order. But you know, and there was a sensitivity in that moment where he's yeah. like, "What? I can't hear you." Okay, I got you. And please, the garlic shampoo her. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I thought the little moments like that where you could see, like, I mean, even when the bike first, you know, had that incident where they ran the Hells Angels off the road. Um, and when he came back, 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 and he's like, yo, I think this thing has a mind of its own. Yeah. To be that panicked and stricken because there's always this ego when if something goes wrong and you're that kind of guy, you'd be like, nah, I was just imagining it. Or you would, you would brush it aside. Right, yeah. you wouldn't actually be like, "Oh my goodness, something has just shook me right now, and I'm uncomfortable." You know, because you're never going to yeah. be uncomfortable. I'm too cool to be uncomfortable. But immediately, Noddy was like, "No, no, 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 something is wrong here." You yeah, know? and and I like that that little bit of vulnerability. Yeah, but of course, if you look at when his friend is decapitated and violently yeah. <laughs> murdered by the motorcycle, yeah. Noddy shows no remorse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and his, <laughs> he's joking about it afterwards. Uh, like his girlfriend what says, "Naughty, aren't you in the least upset about Buzzer's death?" And he's like, yeah. "Not as upset as he is." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And but, she asks, uh, "What do you think happened to Buzzer?" And he says, "Oh, I reckon someone decapitated him." <laughs> um, but there's, you know, there is something in the film that tells us that he, he does care mm. deeply about Buzzer, in fact. The dream. The dream. The dream. And I mean, I think I think that whole approach to Buzzer's death was kind of the stylistic approach to all the deaths mm. in the movies. So every mm. character kind of sees a dead body as this blasé thing like, okay, this happened. They don't really take it as a life before. It's just a dead body now. 
Yeah. Um, and I th- th- think that's everyone from the cops to the house angels to everyone. The dead body is just the dead body thing. They it is really, strange. No one really. No one really like, oh, you know, like, yeah. oh, it's a decapitated. Like, no one really gets that shocked. I mean, they, they get outright where, when the motorbike is attacking him. But once there's a dead thing, then that dead thing has yeah. no real power yeah, um, that's over everyone else. But yeah, I mean, Buzz's, uh, that dream of Buzz's dead death, that touched me. I was like, that's, you know, that's quite hectic. Like, yeah. that's where you realize that's my mate, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's my mate. He's trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's kind of a, like a two-part dream, I mm. guess, where uh, in his dream, he's confronted by Inspector Cleaver, who hands him like a... Tesco shopping bag with Buzzer's head in it yeah. and the head then speaks to him and then it kind of does the the old the dream is over fake out but it's still a dream and Nadia's taking a poop and he gets up and he hears a voice from the bowl and it's his his turd that's talking to yeah. him in the voice of Buzzer yeah and then he starts starts choking him <laughs> <laughs> and jumps into his mouth and this, this I think, is another place where the filmmaker's philosophical acumen really shows itself. Mm. Because shit represents that, you know, the abject, what mm. we want to get rid of. We don't mm. want to look at it. We don't want to think about it, even though it is a part of ourselves. Mm. And so here we have, we have Noddy confronted by his own shit on a metaphorical level as well. You know, the yeah. death of probably his closest friend buzzer mm. uh, even though buzzer was a dick <laughs> and his bike being out of control and and maybe has some worries about his relationship we don't know what's going on yeah. with Nadia otherwise but i think the dreams really tells us that you know there is something more to this guy yeah but i mean it's also the just the having the double dreamscape you know in 1990 you know having mm. a dream within a dream i like that nuance and yeah. i mean to follow up a talking decapitated head with a talking piece of shit Tips, yeah <laughs> i think a brave move yeah a brave brave. that moment that dream very much reminded me of south park just reminded me of something they would write you know yeah and i really enjoyed that this podcast this week has been brought to you by naughty naughty land if you want to know what naughty and naughty land is it's naughty and naughty is Narnia, a land where everything you want is mechanical, with feelings and desires. And who does not want to land like that? For humans are full of shit. So, join us at Nadia Nadia's Land today for your mechanical experience. Please note, motorcycle vampires are not allowed. Sorry, just like a, <laughs> a little take into um, Nadia Nadia's relationship, where I thought that ah, these two are actually the best couple, you know, when they walk into the bar. And he's like, well, what are you having? And then before he answers, he's like, vodka tonic. And then at the same time, they're both like a large one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I quite enjoy, enjoy that. It's kind of like, yeah, you know me. We know you. Like, why am I even bothering yeah. to ask? Um, they c- kind of, you know, they have each other's backs. Yeah, um, and I think absolutely. that was nicely set up. Like, okay, now you know they have each other's backs. So when the big bar brawl breaks out, yeah. you know at least they're they're going to have each other's yeah. backs, which they did. <laughs> Ridiculous. <bro. laughs> yeah, so the, the bar brawl is actually quite interesting to me. And I took quite a, a feminist reading to the bar brawl mm. scene where 
Mm. Uh, Noddy has this one-on-one showdown with the leader of the the biker gang, the Hell's Angels, as they uh, insist to call them, even though there are no Hell's Angels insignia involved. But yeah, there's um, no insignia. Yeah. Noddy is fighting the leader of the gang uh, one-on-one, and Nadia fights off nine or ten other dudes. Yeah. Yeah. on her own yeah. just beats the shit out of them escapes gets the bike yeah. and then assists Noddy in his escape uh, which is yeah that just goes to show that deep down there is a message of the power of the female in this in these situations it is yes. quite uplifting she's also one of the few the few characters to survive a one-on-one attack uh from the vampire motorcycle yes yeah. yes very true and not one but two or maybe even three yeah because the first one when she got thrown off yeah and, and then uh in the hospital and the hospital and then i'm sure in the final fight the final one at be... the at the gym there was yeah yeah so um yeah thrice survivor except for all those bodybuilders <laughs> <laughs> and that also again like all these tough you know? big dudes get yeah. toe up and little naughty and, and naughty as well. yeah i was quite hoping naughty would bite it but <laughs> i thought he was at a stage actually yeah, me too. but one thing i did like is that it was the timing of the moments of silly that i thought were great you know it was a in the end a silly movie but it wasn't consecutively silly things just for the sake of being silly. I feel like there was narrative, narrative, and I'm going to sneak something in there. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, when they're... And it's a frantic moment, and they're trying to get the door open to get to the other side in the yeah. gym, and, you know, they're pulling, I pull, pull, and I just like, push. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, those little moments, I thought were fantastic. And obviously, knowing it's a vampire, like, when we first have the, the cops' uh, Cleveland's death, you know? <laughs> And garlic. I mean, I didn't know how, but you knew somehow it's going to yeah. turn to the end. And then again, when Nadia meets him as well, like, what's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the way they use that at the end as well. Yeah, that's one thing I really appreciated about the script is that everything they introduced played a role at some yes. point. There aren't yes. really like any loose ends that I could yes. pick up on. Yes, it had a purpose. I mean, the, the old man getting hit by the car the first time and, and then, then he's getting wheeled in, you know, <laughs> and then he gets hit again, you know? <laughs> But again, you know, uh, everything has its own resolution, if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Can we talk about how quickly that sunset? Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sunset on overdrive. And it's sort of like the bike uh, was able to control other vehicles. Yes. But perhaps the bike also controlled the speed yeah. of the sunset. Yeah, I think it should have, you know. That must have been. Because it goes from, like, sunny to dusk to... Like midnight, there's no one on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's already black as night. When they when they're driving along and the vampire bike disables their bike, yeah. Um, and the priest says, "Oh, we should let's just get a taxi." Yeah. And then in the next scene, you see them arriving on a Running bus. Out the bus, yeah. And you're just oh, such a wonderful little touch. <laughs> but also, it's that moment just before they cut to the bus scene where. They look at each other, look at the street, like, oh, yeah. okay, obviously when I get in the taxi, and then into the bus. That was awesome. So <laughs> it's never really explained how they know the bike is a vampire, because initially the the bike is yeah. just yes. You get the demons being summoned, the demon Honeyman or yes. Harryman or whatever. He's summoned into yeah. the corpse of one of the cultists. He then turns into a Terminator and. Walks over to the bike with some terribly heavy breathing that made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) Rips out his own throat and fills the bike's gas tank up with his own blood, transferring the demon into the bike. 
So the the demon's been summoned, right? It's successfully walking this mortal coil. But then why does it seek vengeance on the biker gang that, that murdered the cultists? Why why would it care? Well, I guess it was it was just first host, you know, in yeah. the in the human realm. His you know? homies. It's, it's, you're my first. You're my first body that I'm gonna possess, and now as I get it, it's been taken away from, from me. Well, <laughs> I don't want to be a bike, you know. I wanna <laughs> I wanna walk around and you know flirt uh, with women and drain <laughs> their blood late at night, you know. <laughs> now you're gonna, res- <laughs> you know, now you've belittled me to a cheap bloody motorcycle, yeah. which wasn't worth eleven hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how much? Uh, I think just in terms of the demon's motivation, that's the only. That's what I. That's how I made sense of it. Yeah. Um. I still. Yeah. I don't know how Noddy knew it was a vampire because he's the first one out of the you know the other yeah. characters to be like, well, we have a vampire motorcycle. But I think I guess we have to assume that Noddy is quite intelligent because. The last, wasn't the last thing you saw before he went up to Nadia and said that things a vampire was the blood-filled gas tank. Oh, yeah. So maybe that was an indication. If you run on blood, what other... Yeah. I know that runs on blood. Vampire. I wonder, do you guys think the cultist draining his blood into the the, um, gas tank is... I feel like that's some political commentary on, on the first Iraq war. Mm. You know the classic blood for oil. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe they're making some kind not, of mm. maybe environmental mm. message. No, definitely that makes all the sense. I wouldn't put put it past the rub rub writers to yeah. have had that I mean, intention. We know they're capable. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean you could yeah. even look into it as the cultist was summoning a demon to sell his soul. What he gets for selling his soul is a bike that runs on blood. He gets yeah. a, a war that is potentially never ending, and as we've seen in modern yeah. times, really is truly never ending war. Yeah, yeah. How how prescient of yeah. him, really. He sold his soul to this machine, to the military industrial complex, to basically perpetuate the eternal spilling of blood. Yeah, but also as a means of gaining power by being in the uh, in that motorcycle form you you have an extra strength that uh, yeah. the rest of the measly humans around you don't, don't have so maybe that that's another yeah especially when the bike goes through its uh, demonic yeah, transformation it's demonic. <laughs> the yeah lovely practical effects yeah. yeah i mean the whole time we know it's a vampire motorcycle blah, 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 but i did love it in the last half an hour in that final you know little chase scene where I think it was the first time with the nurse when she's up against the door yeah. and the two prongs come out to suck the blood. And I was like, yeah, finally we've got the vampire marks. <laughs> yeah, like two um, yeah. bike spokes. Bikes, yeah, come on. <laughs> and then that was one of the moments that kind of caught me off guard. Firstly, that, where I was like, oh shit, it's yeah. literally drinking blood now. Yeah. Uh, because on the other parts, it just kind of catches people's limbs, yeah, I guess, yeah. and then... I don't know, Mangles gets there. But then when he reverses off of the nurse, she collapses and it's revealed that she's been like cleaved in <laughs> two by the by the tea trolley. Yeah. yeah. And that that was like something I was like, oh shit. I yeah. did not see Yeah, because it's so yeah. it's sort of being gentle, it's nudging the, the tea trolley. It's not overly forceful. I was not expecting yeah. to see her body cleft in twain. Yes, as well. In fact, um I was kind of thinking at that moment that would be the first sign of um the creation of a new vampire. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. you know, that's what vampires usually do. They they either drain your blood completely or they you'll know, convert virtue. And I thought maybe that that was the start of a conversion. And I yeah. think that could have been quite interesting if that had happened. Do you think it would have been like a human motorcycle hybrid vampire? 
Oh, without a doubt. Especially in that style that they went with. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Um, mechanics would have just grown eternally uh, through the body somehow, some way. <laughs> <laughs> this is also one of the few vampire films I've seen that aren't in the traditional line of the sexy Dracula type vampire. It's much yes. more an homage to the Nosferatu. Uh, when was that? 1927 or something? Film? Yeah. Where the vampire oh, is not sexy. Yeah. It is clearly a monster yeah it's a beast yeah yeah and not at all like humanized like you can't connect to the motorcycle at all at all most films try and like they might not be giving the vampire a sympathetic spin but they'll give him some like human characteristics or relatable characteristics but vampire motorcycle has has none of that it is pure evil and murder yeah i liked in the movie the way it kind of took fun out of um out of various genres mm. um of course the comedy and the horror and then sus as house but also the action scenes you know where they were you know very choreographed to be an action scene now you know yeah, yeah. Um, the, the little sitcom transition when the priest and them are driving are riding next to each other yeah. like cross um, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. um the Shakespeare soliloquy when the priest is like, you know, going, <laughs> yeah. going and having his own moments. And I really like the way it just kind of picked the fun out of these little genres in their own ways. And like the, you know, the bar brawl that becomes like a medieval sword yeah, fight yeah. in this, like, I guess, like Renaissance fair. Exactly. Room. Yeah. So I really did enjoy those little aspects of it. I just thought of this is that there's a bit of a, like a Freudian reading to the film where you could say that motorcycles are mm. generally phallic symbols and you could see the motorcycle as uh, representing perhaps an unfeeling patriarchy this mm. runaway culture i hear what, what, what you're saying is this um the patriarchy and the state kind yeah. of thing which is also kind of comes back again and again with the tea you know i maybe have yeah. some tea to calm your nerves i maybe have some tea you know mm. knowing that tea is a very british thing it's very um, but also, it's usually the law enforcers, the cops, being like, "No, drink the tea, it'll make you yeah. better. Drink the tea, it'll make you better." Kind of like, um, you know, the state is being like, "Hey, uh, yeah. take this bit, 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 bit of information, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. Don't worry, there's no war, there's no blood. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Just, uh, just relax." Um, and I mean, with bikes also being like kind of an ultimate symbol of of you know independent masculinity of you know being a man beyond the law in some sense but here it yeah it does have that dialectic approach where it is it is beyond the law but it is still part of the system in a sense yeah yeah i think my favorite moment and it was hard to pick some because i actually did enjoy this movie you know i really did man i didn't think i would that was another thing you know i was just like okay let's (laughs) let's see what we're getting into but a moment for me that was was absolutely beautiful was the two cops eating the hot dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh they were just looking that. at each other. It's like this, it's like this it's, lust mixed with like, satisfaction. just like an awe and like, just, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was so, just, and the camera and lingered the cam- exactly, on it. Exactly. Just like so, so long. long. It's like, oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is a good movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Oh. And that's maybe, you know, another another entryway into a into a Freudian reading mm. of them having some kind of oral fixation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fraser, what what are some of your criticisms of the film? What's what's keeping its rating down for you? Right. So there are a couple of things. Mainly I felt that 
all of the characters were a little bit sociopathic. Mm. Um, so I found it yes. hard to relate to as I am a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a difference, albeit a fine line. Yeah, there yeah. is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I am, of course, I'm kidding. I'm not a psychopath. Sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just felt I had to say that. Um, I felt that it was almost a little bit too self-aware when I found the trailer for i bought a vampire motorcycle i thought okay cool i'm gonna throw this this trailer in uh no one's gonna pick it i mean what you get is exactly what the title promised you naughty buys a vampire motorcycle that's it that's that's the whole plot that's that's, yeah the title is a summary and it's just sort of i was not surprised uh by the film and i was also a little bit bored the first half of of the movie drags quite a bit and it's only when the talking turd tries to choke Naughty out that mm-hmm. it picks up a bit. But I feel like uh, they don't maintain the energy very well. Yeah, an hour and 40 minutes might be a little long. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this this movie could have done well by being maybe 40 minutes shorter. Well, then... Oh, no, like a miniseries. <laughs> First episode of a miniseries. I think a good hour 15, 20 would, would have done it perfectly because yeah. you're right. That first half an hour did drag quite immensely. Um, it also felt there was quite a disconnect from the first opening scene to the rest of the movie until like right at the mm. end. Yeah. Something that I've, I found very interesting, and this is actually a bit of a plus for the movie, is that the priest, he's immediately on board with going to check out this vampire motorcycle. But when they yeah, do yeah. attempt the exorcism, he gets beat up pretty bad. He gets crucified at some point. Yeah. And <laughs> with like two screwdrivers and, yeah. a, and a crown of barbed wire. Yeah, which yeah. implies that the intense. motorcycle has some, you know, telekinetic ability. Uh, which I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, I want a motorcycle with mm. telekinetic abilities. <laughs> I don't think you do, I, Fraser. I kind of <laughs> do, but that's just me. <laughs> it's can you control that said motorcycle yeah. with the telekinetic ability? I guess that's the big. <laughs> well, as long as it doesn't mess with me, I, I, I'm pretty happy. Uh, but <laughs> what I what I enjoyed was that the priest keeps on saying he keeps on pronouncing that you know the demon has been vanquished. The church has succeeded. Please do not investigate the matter. Um, good has triumphed. Yeah, over please you. do not investigate the matter any further. Nothing to see here. Move along. And then the bike promptly gets back yeah. up and is like, no, nah, I'm going to kill everyone. I enjoyed that quite a bit because of just again, if we look at, you know, the state and trying to cover things up, the yeah. church here is again an organization which in the past has been mm-hmm. the main form of government. And as we all know, government mm-hmm. likes to hide shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, how did the priest buy that bitchin' hog? I don't know, man, but I want that bike. Oh, it must have been a donation, surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's that untaxed church exactly. money. <gasps> uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Worth it, though. Like... At least he's not spending it on cocaine and hookers. Well, yeah, yeah I guess. Wouldn't you want to go to the church with the priest that rides a really big... But bike? then again, you know, <laughs> if you got a piece of the big black hog and, you know, his little boy, you want to go for a oh. Oh, I don't know if we can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like... Uh, it's some potent bait, if you ask me. <laughs> it's some extremely potent bait. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you've ruined the priests. The priests ruined themselves a long oh, time ago. Oh, priests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy. I want to see the picture. <laughs> the bike uh, in this movie had a very high kill count, which you don't see a lot mm. in in most vampire movies. Mm. There's usually one victim and it's yeah, this prolonged um, attack, you know. It's sort of, it takes a while and it's very focused and psychological. No, this bike just straight up murders anything and everyone. 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 Yeah, everyone. he just cleans up. I mean, when he, when he, when, <laughs> when he cleaned up the house, angels, I mean, that was, yeah. that was quite hectic. He'll spike down the side, like, does a wheelie and decapitates <laughs> people, like, <laughs> for a time, like, <laughs> um, I was like, you're hectic. Yeah, Holy and he shit. grows a crossbow. Right. Um, Which I think is pretty intense. And also, what's that bullet thing that he gets yeah. in the front that, like, the Why did you take a seat? That was brilliant. I quite uh, enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> um, so, it seems I have something uh, in my bottom. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, we're kind of busy right now. Why, why don't you take a seat? I think I'll yeah. stare. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that's what I really enjoyed about the movie is that kind of campness, mm. that sort of. It takes itself seriously, mm. but it is super over the top. Yeah. Do you look like the kind of guys who cause trouble? Yes, yes. Yes, you, you absolutely. You look exactly do. like those those kind of guys. <laughs> Are you lonely? Do you have no friends? Do you make bad decisions? Do you feel bad about drinking by yourself? Do you feel bad about feeling bad? Do you listen in on other people's conversations? Do you ever look in the mirror and think, I'm one kooky sack of organs? If so, grab a beer and listen to generally kooky people, because we might be talking about you. Or cult leaders. Or serial killers. Or dumb judges. Or narcissistic jugglers. Or people who wear socks on their hands. Or flat earthers. Or people who move to China. Or hillbilly housewives. Or people who fall in love with buildings. Or people who pretend to be dogs. Or Hitler. Or Hitler's grand. Or narcissistic jugglers. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I mean, in the end, um, I think that's paying homage to something, but I couldn't figure it out, and I tried to Google it, and I couldn't find it. Um, when the leader of the Hells Angels um, finally gets killed and thrown into the co- coffin, like through the window, uh, yeah. and the coffin closes on top of him. Um, that was homage to such, such something. Um, but I just can't remember what it is. Do any of you, do either of you have an idea? Is no. A familiar scene? I know. I don't, it seems kind of like Buster Keaton-y in mm. a sense, like, you know, physical comedy yeah. vibes. Um, but no, don't. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen similar things. Like, I've seen that it is kind of a trope of someone getting launched into a coffin and the coffin collapses yeah. and the lid falls down on top of them. But I, I can't remember exactly where I've seen, I've seen that specific scene. But I do mm. know, I mean, it was very familiar when it happened. If uh, any of the listeners out there know, uh, send us an email and you could win a B-positive t-shirt, which we don't Yeah, We'll, have. we'll get um, some at some point. We'll make. Yeah, we'll just make, yeah. we'll make some t-shirt if someone yeah. can tell us. You could win uh, just a plain old shout out on the, on the podcast, right? Get your name on the internet. That's worth it. That's I totally think. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I did have one one last thing that I thought was quite uh, interesting that the whole movie 
felt like an extended public service announcement. Yeah. Like a, a road safety phone. Yeah. yeah. And also like a, a PSA on why not to smoke tick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think if every time someone smoked tick, the, the vampire motorcycle came out, that, that would... That would be pretty ter- terrifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. Also on that on that uh, safety first thing, did you notice that the first time the vampire motorcycle takes itself out for a ride and it takes a turn, uh, it's totally using its indicator. Yes, I did see that. I did see that. That was actually yeah, that's brilliant. Um, um, <laughs> well, them's the rules, you know. Yeah, true, yeah. true. But also, I mean, okay, you know, it's a vampire motorcycle. Like it's got these amazing, incredible abilities, but um, okay, it, it can scale down a wall, right? Vertically, yes. yeah, right. We learned that, but then afterwards, it can't get its tire out of the bridge. Yeah, thing. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. There. It's the one thing that can stop. Like, ah, stopped again by the rails. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I do not know how to reverse. It's sort of like those possessed kids who can uh, crawl on the roof and the walls, but it'll still get its head stuck in the yeah. railing on the stairs, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Oh, okay. Exactly that. I gotta say, the priest um, really takes losing all the fingers of his one hand pretty yeah. well. Pretty well. But, I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's the... It's the stylistic thing throughout the whole movie. Missing body parts. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's not, it's not such a it's big deal. It's not a thing. Right? It's not a big deal. It's like, I mean, you know, it's like, oh, my fingers are cut off, but now I believe you. So it was worth yeah. it. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's, 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 I mean, also there was that line. What, what, what um, was it? Uh, do, don't you think we need to uh, do the exorcism before nightfall? <laughs> and the priest's like, yeah. And he's like, well, you should pull your finger up then. <laughs> <laughs> Like put your finger out your ass. Like I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. What fingers? He doesn't have any. <laughs> I felt that the the whole movie and everyone, all the characters and all the you know the side characters we meet, they're all living in the moment. Nothing from the past, and that yeah. includes yeah. something that happened five seconds ago. Is going to bother them really? Uh, yeah. You know, unless they themselves died. It's very much the past yeah. of the past. The future doesn't exist. And the present is a gift. So now, this is kind see, of like uh, the Zen art of motorcycle repair. If you guys <laughs> it is. This is the film adaptation yeah. of that. But I mean, like that's that's exactly it. that's exactly what I loved about this movie is that with a normal horror movie, the past and prospects of the future do affect what you're doing right now, and that's why you end up dead, or your friends end up dead. And here, there wasn't any of that. It was like, hey, we got to deal with this now. And anything past that doesn't really matter. Which, to be honest, is kind of how most of us live our lives. You know, we don't... uh, Most of us don't don't, don't save if we do, it's not enough. Most of us don't uh, dwell on the past lessons. We make the same mistakes, you know. We live live here and now, you know. And I thought it was just an accurate representation of the way society exists it's it's here and now yesterday and tomorrow don't mean a damn thing yeah i thought it was also kind of a um again a psa on how we should deal with death no point crying about it (laughs) (laughs) 
A person's gone. It's done. Okay, he's got his head chopped off. But how are we gonna make sure we don't get our heads chopped off? You yeah. know. <laughs> um, how are we gonna fit his coffin into a yeah. side coffin? <laughs> exactly. Questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was such great. a great shot. Just panning up and seeing the coffin sticking out of the sidecar. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. And I think that's also what allows these characters to remain so, I guess, cheerful and witty throughout. Even Roach, mm. whose life pretty much sucks, yeah. still manages to, you know, make a couple of sarcastic jabs at the detective. Yeah. You know, stay in his own way, uh, upbeat. Uh, you can see that also, that living in the moment type thing, that directly after the big gang fight, Nadia and Nadi go to Fu King, the local yeah. <laughs> the local Chinese takeout, to get some food, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because they just had a really, just big, had a really fight. big fight. Like, you're going to be tired after that yeah. workout, yeah? Yeah, they burnt many calories. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to get this back and i love again it's the consciousness of the bike or uh, or rather his telekinetic power of you know she orders the garlic shrimp and he's like no 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 none of that none of that fam it's really only after the garlic shrimp incident that the bike turns on nadia and nadi yeah yeah i think if they they could have managed to stay away from garlic you know the bike would have been happy to live in their shed and yeah. kind of go out at night to, yeah to feed. and even to carry them about uh, although it's kind of useless because it's a bike you can't ride during the day exactly <laughs> but still would be cool to have yeah. a self-driving bike i think it would be um maybe not as evil or, not or as, as corruptible. Evil. maybe sure, you sure. know only evil towards your enemies. Yeah. Right? I think... Because, <laughs> like, as you said, that last... That last image of the bike where it's all gassed up. It's got the spikes coming yeah. out of it. And it's just like, it's a beast. And yeah, I'm like, really I would ride that. I would ride that. <laughs> besides the fact that it has a tendency to chop off fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- I mean, besides that. That minor <laughs> yeah. detail. I have an alternate title for this film. The Exorcism of Harley oh. Davidson. Ah. I think that's pretty ah. cool. Ah. Yeah. I quite like that, actually. Uh, I think a that lot. Uh, gives you... I think, you know, if they could have cut down on the first bit of the film and yeah. focused more on the exorcism, yeah. I think that's the direction yeah, they could also, have Also, if the bike had like been a Harley Davidson. Yeah. But Dude, I'm sure low budget, they really couldn't afford to have all those. Yeah. But then again, no, they, Harley Davidson would have paid them to have the bike in the, yeah. the other way around. Unless Harley Davidson was like... We don't, we don't <laughs> want the bike in this movie. They read the script and they're like, nah... <laughs> yeah, usually bikers ride Harleys or at least like Harley-looking Nicolas, choppers, yeah, but they hubs. have not those kind of bikes. Yeah. Ro- road bikes, I guess. Yeah. Road bikes. So did you know that this whole movie was shot on the set of a classic late 80s TV show called Boone? What? What? Yeah. They used the set and much of the same cast for the movie, uh, as well as the same composer. The series was about a bike delivery sort of company thing oh is that what warhead yeah. dispatch is or yeah they just to took it and uh the way that they got funding for the film is that they lied to the investors by telling them that they had to do a couple of reshoots for boone <laughs> and then they just they <laughs> oh they that filmed is brilliant a, a b horror film in in that time that, that is hilarious. amazing that is amazing that's genius oh dude if i, I think actually that's my favorite part of it <laughs> 
I mean, if I ever get cast in something like that, that's brilliant. Oh, uh, the set's not being used for like a good three months. Um, look, we have a bit of extra scenes to shoot. Yeah. Uh, we just need to do some close-ups yeah, of the yeah, fruit yeah. balls. Kinda... <laughs> it's going to take about three months. We also need to hire a makeup artist. Yeah. <laughs> just to be sure. I loved how the Hells Angels gang were pretty much facially intact when uh, when Nadia and, and, and Nadia were running away. Yeah. And then uh, cut to them lying on the on the pool table, and they're bleeding. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gave a little chuckle. I think they just kept on fighting when Naughty. Not even realizing that they had left. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naughty managed to somehow stop them coming up the stairs by throwing a coat rack at. Them. Hey man. Yeah. That must have been a, a really heavy game. winter coat. Well, I mean, Boone Boone seems to have been a, at least according to the critics slightly better than. Then I bought a Vampire Mice Heiko, rating it at 6.4. Yeah. yeah, hey. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen Boone. I just got... I like getting little factoids and then throwing them out there. Yes, And hoping yes, that uh, no one presses me for more information. <laughs> or sees you have a copyright yeah, infringement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the real risk. <laughs> and the throwing stars, I mean... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, the crucifix throwing stars. That, that was a so win. Good. That's an absolute gem of a scene. I love that. I think the priest is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, from when we first met him, right until when he had his fingers chopped off. But probably, I mean, my two favorite monologues, if you will, were uh, the Hell's Angels leader yeah. in the bar when he uh, gave his little speech there. Yeah. And then the priest in the hospital telling him about demons and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a mechanical possession. Very rare. <laughs> he's looking out and, <laughs> and they focused on him like so intently and he's just out there. This is my soliloquy now. Let me tell you all. Camera, are you with me? Yes. Where's the lighting? Perfect. <laughs> if you had to rate this movie out of the number of fingers you would have to have chopped off before you believed that some random dude owned a possessed and vampiric motorcycle, how many fingers would you have to have removed before you were to believe a man named Noddy? Okay, I guess for me it depends how they would go. If it was in the same vein as the priest, it would take one. Yeah. It would take the tip. If the bike moved by itself, took the tip of my finger off, I'd be like, cool, that's the guy. Let's kill this bike right now. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't believe you. Okay. I've lost the tip. Oh, that's my punishment. My bad. <laughs> but this thing gets to go. <laughs> that's, I think that's a good rating. <laughs> that being said, I think the scale of the rating is very unfair, but let's Let's hear yeah. Louis' uh, red rating on um, that scale. I'm a I'm a much slower learner, <laughs> so I'd I'd have to lose all of my fingers, <laughs> um, including thumbs, oh, one yeah. by one. Oh man! Like just getting them just caught getting in chains <laughs> or like in the spokes. <laughs> 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 like, like, oh, 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 another accident! <laughs> oh no! Accidentally we'll chopping like one off the whole the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like oh, like do vampire bike. <laughs> Final scene, one thumb left. Where is this possessed motorcycle you keep talking of? <laughs> Let me hitchhike. Let me hitchhike out of here. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, now I see. Oh, I believe. All along. <laughs> what's, what's your rating? Friends? I would... Honestly, if someone told me that their bike was possessed and vampiric, I probably would just burn down their shed. <laughs> Keep my yeah. finger. That's, oh my I god, mean, that's, that's what I was thinking the whole time, is why like, why not just break the shed? Because yeah. then... 
Or why not yeah. just open or just both open doors? the fucking yeah. door all the way. Like, open both yeah. doors. Yeah. Like what? But no, the uh, the motorcycle closed them. Remember? Oh yeah, he can like he, control. He telekinetically yeah. closed the doors. True. But also, I, my first resort wouldn't be burn my shed. Like I mean, uh, they're what yeah, they're they late twenties, like, early thirties. Like you know, they don't have a lot, and what what they have, you'd want to hang on to. Um, so I wouldn't start yeah. there. I think it would take the loss of a few fingers before I started burning down sheds and things. <laughs> Though I probably would have been a bit more creative in my initial destruction. Like, for instance, exorcism probably wouldn't have been my mm-hmm. first thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably try, you know, crush it, burn it. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I would have tried a lot, lot, lot of things. Uh, black market grenades, for, for instance. Oh. Have, you know, maybe like lured it with a trail of blood to like a an abandoned mm. a yard that crushes cars and things, you know? Or I don't know. Sugar in the gas tank? Exactly. Something. Give it diabetes. Give it diabetes. What are you going to do now? <laughs> Just going to be fat and roll around. And... <laughs> <laughs> but um, actual rating, gentlemen? Oh, we don't. We don't do it? We just give um, arbitrary absolute Oh, you see, I am new. I am new. I don't no. know how this, how the game works. So. Yeah. No, that's perfectly all right. Yeah. <laughs> We why why do we do this? Um, because you know what it happened once, and I think the first time it made sense, and then I just sort of delight in uh, coming up with really difficult rating scales that are both hard to to scale your rating on and hard to interpret whether they're positive mm. or negative. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the key. That's whether they're positive or negative. I think it works, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm just going to... Let's just assume uh, that we yeah. we all loved this movie. Like, we loved every other movie except for uh, Never Cry, Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was... Oh, that movie. You know what? In hindsight, I enjoyed the movie... It wasn't very difficult watching, and if you're Love a fan that. of both B-horror films and motorcycles, then definitely check this movie out. Uh, it's one of the few motorbike-themed horror movies out there. Yeah, mm. um, that's mm. not really a giant market. Yeah. I don't really go out and seek to watch B-movies. When I do, I don't mind them, because there's always something new you learn. There's always something that an A-lister won't really give you, but... I was very, very satisfied and happy with watching the, this one, you know, to the extent where I almost watched it again. <laughs> I was very close to watch, I was very close to watching again to get a deeper sense of it and be able to analyze it on a much higher ph- yeah. philosophical level. Um, but then I was like, okay, that, that, that was enough. That was enough. Once, uh, once yeah. was definitely, once, is, once, once was is enough. enough. Once was enough. Yeah. But it's not, I didn't feel that I had wasted uh, that hour and 40 minutes, albeit I watched it over two and a half hours because kind of took a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else. Yeah. But yeah, good movie if that's your thing. Get yeah. involved. I really dug it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, that's what I wanted to say. You just Are you going? Am I going? Uh, you just keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Breaking news from the studio. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lolo. Uh, we're happy you enjoyed Thank it. You. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back in another two weeks. Uh, hit us up on Facebook if you all have any suggestions or requests. Just hoy us a little message. Yeah, totally do that. Yeah, Lolo, thanks so much. I appreciate you being uh, with us, even though I'm not you. with you guys. <laughs> yeah, but you're here with us in real time. 
in spirit. And that's what counts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really, really, this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, um, thanks so much. And yeah, if you have me again, uh, I'll be ready. You're <laughs> always welcome here. Yes. Uh, awesome. In... I've been, I've been Louis. Oh, have you been I have, Louis? I have been Louis. I will continue to be Fraser. Excellent news. And I'll try to sustain being Louis. Good. <laughs> that was the positive. You stay scary. That's one spooky pony. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess technically a motorcycle is a spooky pony. <laughs> um, dope, man. And then, oh, yeah. you wouldn't know this, but then we do kind of a thing where we talk as an outro. And then it just kind of fades away. Cool. Yeah. Lisa says that it's almost like we're just, uh, the listeners are just tuning in to a conversation that we're always just having. Uh, hey, yeah, that's kind of Class. So you take one more to be sure, and you need to run.